Hey, this is the Witch's Magic Murder Mystery Podcast. Oh, hey, I'm Kara. <laughs> I'm Megan. <laughs> I feel like we got through that last episode without me coughing or anything. Oh my gosh, no tissues involved. I know. Wow. I blew my nose real well. Real <laughs> before good. Before we started. Real good. In case you guys are looking for the sexiest podcast host ever. <laughs> we are so really good at all the things. Gross. Um, okay, this episode is going to come out like December 22nd, right, right before, before Christmas, Christmas, for those of you that celebrate it. And so I was looking for something that wouldn't be depressing yeah. right before the Christmas holiday. Okay. And I was so happy when I found this story. Okay. Because it's a mystery, but oh. it's a good mystery. Okay. First, right up top, I want to tell you that if you're... <laughs> If you're listening to me tell the story and you're thinking, didn't I see this in a movie? You did. And the movie is called Silent Night. It was a Hallmark movie starring Linda Hamilton. Oh. And it came out in 2002. I have never gotten into Hallmark movies. I don't think I have to be in the mood. Yeah. I think Hallmark was only Christmas movies is all I want to see on Hallmark. Yeah. Yeah. So that movie, Silent Night, is Uh based on or inspired by the story that I'm about to tell you. Okay. So you can watch the whole thing on YouTube, like the whole movie. Oh. Just keep in mind that it, it isn't like a documentary or anything. It's like The Watcher. Parts of it are Oh, made. okay, okay. Okay. But this story I'm about to tell you, it's the real deal. Okay. Okay. I it, love that you're like grinning already. It's so good. Okay. Okay. It's Christmas Eve, 1944. Gotcha. Fritz Vinken. Mm-hmm. is 12 years old. Okay. And he lives in Germany with his mother and father. Oh, man. Imagine Christmas time yeah. in Germany. Like, those of you that are there or have been there, I can't even. Yeah. I'm so envious. All the markets. But it's 1944. Uh, yeah. So this not- is, he's living in what would be the last year of World War II. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So now, before the war, Fritz's dad had this cottage in the woods. Cute. I'm not going to try to pronounce the name of the forest. <laughs> it starts with an H. <laughs> and he used this cottage for hunting weekends. Oh, okay. And it was near the German-Belgian border. Okay. And then the war began. And at some point, bombers destroyed large parts of the town that Fritz and his family lived in. Oh. And that's when Fritz's dad was ordered into the Civil Defense Fire Guard in the border oh. town of Monschau. Mm-hmm. And he sent Fritz and his mom Elizabeth to go stay in his hunting cottage because he was oh. like, "You'll be safer in the woods." Oh, and he told Fritz, "He's like, take care of your mother. Mm. Now you're the man of the family." Oh, at twelve, I know. Oh my gosh, but imagine how often that happened. Yeah, exactly. Maybe even younger than twelve. Yeah, that's true. So they felt like the cottage was in an area that wouldn't see a lot of battle. Nine days before Christmas, the Germans launched their last offensive measure, and suddenly. Fritz and Elizabeth found themselves living in the middle of the Battle of the Bulge. <gasps> oh, I actually wrote, I know we're going to make some jokes here. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Just Kara's face when I said Battle of the Bulge. <laughs> I am a giant child. <laughs> so I looked it up just to see why it's called that. Yeah. And the yeah, Wikipedia is it? Please tell me. <laughs> the Wikipedia entry said the Battle of the Bulge, also known as the Ardennes. Arden's offensive, but no one calls it that. Come on. Right. Here's why it's called the Battle of the Bulge. On December 16th, over 400,000 German soldiers advanced on the Allied lines. Okay. They succeeded in catching the Americans by surprise and quickly pushed westward, creating the bulge in the lines that gave the ensuing battle its name. Oh. So now it makes all kinds of sense. That, that, 
The Battle of the Bulge would last for six weeks, during which the Germans and Allies fought each other and a common enemy, snow and freezing temperatures. Oh, yeah. So anyway, it was launched through the thickly forested Ardennes region. I'm Mm. so sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. (laughs) Between Belgium and Luxembourg. Okay. So literally right where Fritz and his mom were. Right. They heard the booming of field guns. Planes were constantly soaring over their heads. At night, there were searchlights lighting up the darkness. Oh, my gosh. Thousands of soldiers fought and died all around them. Oh, my gosh. And then there's Elizabeth just trying to have some kind of normal life in the cabin for her son. Oh, you know, yeah. she's there alone. Her husband's yeah. off fighting. The Battle of the Bulge wound up being one of the most important battles of the war. Like I said, it was the last major offensive attempted by the Axis powers on the Western Front. And after their defeat in this battle, Germany would retreat for the rest of the war. Right. But right now, we're in the middle of that battle. Mm -hmm. It's Christmas Eve, and Elizabeth and Fritz are in their cabin, when suddenly there's a knock on the door. Santa Claus. No. Chris Kringle. (laughs) So when there's somebody knocks at the door, Elizabeth immediately blew out the candles Mm -hmm. and stepped in front of her son to open the door. When she opened it, there were two American soldiers standing there and a third lying in the snow. Neither Elizabeth nor Fritz spoke English. Mm -hmm. And the soldiers didn't speak German, Mm -hmm. but they tried to communicate by talking and pointing to the man lying in the snow. Elizabeth didn't move or respond. Okay. The soldiers were armed and they could have forced their way in, but they didn't. Mm. They stood and they waited. And finally, Elizabeth told them to come in. Oh. So the two soldiers picked up their wounded friend and carried him inside, laying him on Fritz's bed. At this point, realizing they can't communicate in their native languages, Elizabeth tried French And one of the soldiers could speak a little bit of that. Oh, okay. So they spoke. And then she turned to Fritz and she said, the fingers of those two are numb. Take off their jackets and boots and bring in a bucket of snow. Mm -hmm. So Fritz did as he was told and rubbed the men's blue feet with snow. I don't understand why that's helpful. No. Is it just that they're so cold at that point that the snow is actually warmer? Maybe. Because you wouldn't want to warm them up too quickly. Oh, yeah. Maybe the snow was like slowly melting. inside. Yeah. Yeah. They all got to know each other. And one of the soldiers was, was stocky with dark hair. His name was Jim. The other was tall and slender, and his name was Robin. And the wounded one lying on the bed was Harry. Okay. The three of them had lost their battalion and had been wandering around the woods for three days. Oh, my gosh. Trying to hide from the Germans while looking for the Americans. Oh. Harry had a bullet wound through his upper leg, and Elizabeth had ripped a bed sheet into long strips to use as bandages. Oh, wow. Years later, Fritz wrote all this down in a story, oh and you'll goodness. find that in my show notes. In it, he said, they hadn't shaved, but still, without their heavy coats, they looked merely like big boys. And that was the way mother began to treat them. Oh. Because they were? Yeah, they're kids. Yeah. Then Elizabeth said to Fritz, go get Herman and bring in six potatoes. Herman was the plump rooster they had been fattening for weeks, planning a celebratory dinner in the hopes that Fritz's dad would be home for Christmas. Now it's Christmas Eve. I know. Herman the rooster. Now it's Christmas Eve and... His dad hadn't made it home, so Elizabeth had changed her mind and decided not to cook it yet because she wanted right, to wait. Yeah. But now these three soldiers have shown up at her door. And they need to eat. And she's like, we're going to make them a nice meal. Um, so Robin took care of Harry while Jim and Fritz helped with the cooking. I love that, too. That's adorable. So now the chicken is cooking and the whole place smells amazing. And Fritz starts to set the table when there's another knock at the door. Oh, no. Fritz is like, must be more American soldiers. <gasps> Which is a very risky assumption to make. Exactly. But he's a kid. Yeah. He opens the door without hesitation and there are soldiers, four of them. Oh my gosh. But they're not American. <gasps> they're German. 
Here's an important thing to know. Sheltering enemy soldiers was high treason. Right. Elizabeth and Fritz could be shot for letting the Americans in, let alone caring for them and feeding them. Yeah. Fritz was terrified. He said, I was paralyzed with fear. Oh my gosh, I bet. I have chills just thinking. Yeah. Like how scary as a little 12-year-old. Just thinking, you got more friends coming over for dinner. Right. I mean, you're having such a nice night. Yeah. You haven't really been around people in a while. hanging out with this teenage guy who's... Yeah. Especially men, right? You're a little boy. Now there's men Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. Elizabeth had to have been terrified as well. Yeah. Yeah. But she thinks quickly, because she's a mom, Uh and she steps outside to speak with the Germans. She greets them by saying Merry Christmas, Mm -hmm. but in German, which I'm not going to do to you guys. Right. And then the soldiers said Merry Christmas in return before saying they'd lost their regiment and needed to wait until daylight to find them again. Can we rest here for the night? Oh, my gosh. And I think in the moment, she had to have been like, there's nothing I can do here but be calm. Right. I can't say no. Right. Because surely that, Uh they'll punish me for that. Mm -hmm. I know these American soldiers are in here, and the only thing I have on my side is that we're all just humans, Uh and we're just trying to make it through the night. Right. She says, yes. (gasps) Of course, you can stay here and you'll have a fine, warm meal and eat till the pot is empty. But we have three other guests whom you may not consider friends. <gasps> and according to Fritz, she's just super chill. Yeah. And very like, yeah, sure. No problem. But here's the thing. And then her tone changes and she says very sternly. Fritz said it was sterner than he had ever heard her oh before. Gosh, she, the mom card. she said, this is Christmas Eve and there will be no shooting here. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Okay. I love her. Whoa. So the soldiers are like, who's in there? Americans? Listen, she said slowly, you could be my sons, and so could they in there. A boy with a gunshot wound fighting for his life and his two friends, lost like you and just as hungry and exhausted as you are. This one night, she turned to the corporal and raised her voice a little. This Christmas night, let us forget about killing. Wow. When asked many years later what he thought drove his mother's actions on that night, Fritz answered quickly with one word, survival. Oh, yeah. And the corporal just stares at her, saying nothing. Okay. They're all armed. Right. They could have just taken Elizabeth and her son as prisoners of war or worse, and the soldiers too, like they had them all right there, but they didn't. My gosh. Two or three seconds go by. And Elizabeth's like, okay, enough talking. Come on in. Leave your weapons out here and get in there before they eat up all the food. Oh, my gosh. Like, she doesn't wait for them to agree. Yeah. She's just like. This is what it is. Well, okay. Come on. Yeah. Let's go. And this is my favorite part. They do what she says. They've left their weapons outside and everything. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Women. Man. Powerful. Yeah. Just works. It just shows how you can affect a situation just by the way that you behave. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If she had freaked out. Yeah. It could have been a whole different story. She assessed the situation. This is what she needed to do. And she's My a gosh. woman in the 40s. Yeah. Facing men with guns. Yeah. Hearing bombs all around Knowing her. Knowing that she's to just committed treason. Yeah. It's Christmas. You're not going to ruin this day for me. <laughs> so the four soldiers okay. laid their guns on the pile of firewood just outside the door. Three carbines, a light machine gun, and two bazookas. Oh. As a gun expert myself, I can tell y'all all about all those. All about those? They're yeah. just dangerous. It just doesn't really add anything to the story, right. so I'm just not going to yeah. bother. Yeah, you know? they're just Why dangerous. should I? They shoot things. They shoot bullets. <laughs> Gunpowder. <laughs> just saying gun words. Trigger. Gunpowder. Aiming. Fire. <laughs> Metal. As the German soldiers step inside, Elizabeth speaks quickly to Jim in French. 
and then Fritz watches as the American soldiers also hand their weapons over to Elizabeth. So she's basically like, they don't have their guns, so now you're going to give me yours too. You don't get any. And so they do. Oh my gosh. We've got 12-year-old Fritz, uh-huh. three American soldiers, uh-huh. and four German soldiers. Oh my gosh. In all in this cabin cabin-ish. with okay. Elizabeth, who's playing the ultimate hostess. Yeah, just charcuterie board. <laughs> what not? Herman. Yeah. Fritz said she kept a smile on her face the whole time. Oh, my gosh. And worked to find a seat for everyone. Oh. There were only three chairs in the cabin, so they take Elizabeth's bed and they move it over by the table. Oh, my gosh. And two of the German soldiers sit side by side with Jim and Robin, (gasps) the American soldiers. And remember, they've still got the one who's Uh in bed, Harry. Elizabeth then tells Fritz, go grab more potatoes and some oats. When Fritz comes back from the storage room, he hears Harry, the wounded American, moan. One of the German soldiers had put on his glasses to inspect Harry's wound. It turns out that he'd studied medicine until a few months earlier. Oh, my God. And this soldier spoke pretty good English. And he told the Americans that their friend had lost a lot of blood, but his wound wasn't infected. It was just really important that he rest and get some food and drink. Oh, my gosh. Now, everyone's relaxing and getting to know each other. Two of the Germans were named Heinz and Willie, and they're both 16. Oh, my they're gosh. They're babies. Babies. And their corporal is 23. Making Four him the oldest of the Germans. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. He pulls out a bottle of red wine, the oldest of the Germans does, from his own food Just bag. Yeah. <laughs> and then Heinz finds a loaf of rye bread in his, and they all share the bread and half the wine. And Elizabeth saves the other half of the wine for the wounded boy. Oh. Here's another quote directly from Fritz's story. Then mother said, Grace. I noticed that there were tears in her eyes as she said the old familiar words, come here, Jesus, be our guest. And as I looked around the table, I saw tears, too, in the eyes of the battle-weary soldiers. Boys again. Yeah. Some from America, some from Germany, all far from home. Oh, my gosh. That night, the soldiers all found spots on the floor to sleep. Germans and Americans sleeping beside each other, their weapons just outside the door. They just took a time out for yeah, war, basically. They were exhausted. Any one of them could have gotten up in the middle of the night and grabbed their weapon. Yeah. And no one did. Oh. The next morning, Harry was a little stronger after getting a good night's rest. Oh, wow. Elizabeth feeds everyone breakfast, and then the soldiers used two poles and a tablecloth to make a stretcher for Harry. Oh. The medical student, since he could speak pretty good English, translates for the two groups of soldiers to communicate. Oh, wow. And the German corporal looks at Jim's map, and he's like, continue along this creek, and you'll find your way back to your line. And when Jim asks, why don't we just head to Monchow, mm-hmm. and the corporal says, nine, we've retaken Monchow. So that's another thing. Like, he could have just... Up. Our people are there. You're going to die. Yeah, don't go that way. Oh, my gosh. I think that's they incredible. Built that kind of a relationship overnight, just over dinner. One last quote from Fritz's story. Now mother gave them all back their weapons. Oh. Be careful, boys, she said. I want you to get home someday where you belong. God bless you all. The German and American soldiers shook hands, and we watched them disappear in opposite directions. Okay. So as I read this story, I was like, there's no way. This isn't real. There's no way this happened. It's a lovely story. Good job, Fritz. And also, no no. way. The Vinkins survived the war. Fritz's dad died in 1963, and Elizabeth passed three years after that. Okay. Fritz grew up, got married, and moved with his wife to Hawaii. Oh, okay. He never forgot that Christmas Eve. Oh, I bet. And then he started searching for the soldiers who had come to his house that night. Oh. He had a hard time remembering their names. Okay. 
He was certain that the injured one was Harry, but that was it. Okay. So quick note, the story I told you that Fritz wrote, Uh he wrote that in the 70s. So the names he'd given, Jim and Robin or whatever, he made those up. Okay. The only one he was sure about was Harry. Okay. He told his story a lot, hoping that it would help him find the soldiers. Yeah, just spread the word. I mean, it's a great story. So, of course, it spread. Reader's Digest wrote about it in the 70s. In 1985, President Ronald Reagan told Fritz's story when he traveled to the U.S. Air Force Base in West Germany to deliver a speech on reconciliation. How cool. But the big break came when the producers of Unsolved Mysteries... I was about to say, did Unsolved Mysteries pick this up? It was the 90s version, not the recent Yeah. Fritz went on the show Uh and told his story. Okay. And it aired on March 24th, 1995. Oh, my gosh. They did a reenactment of everything that happened in the Vinkins' cabin that night. I bet that was so special I know. I would love to watch it. Yeah. And that included an interview with 63-year-old Fritz. A chaplain at a nursing home in Maryland sees the episode. Those guys weren't much older than Fritz, so they would still be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Highly likely. Yeah. Yeah. So a chaplain at a nursing home in Maryland sees the episode and calls Unsolved Mysteries. He's like, listen, there's a World War II veteran living at this nursing home. And he told me a very similar story, (gasps) but from the American soldier point of view. Oh, my gosh. His name is Ralph Blank. And he's been a member of the Army's 121st Infantry Division stationed uh, on the Western Front in the Ardennes in December of 1944. With Unsolved Mysteries' help, the two men speak on the phone. And then on January 19, 1996, 52 years after that Christmas Eve in Germany, the two men are reunited in Maryland. Oh, what? Ralph was 76 years old. <gasps> Ralph laughed about Elizabeth ordering him to leave his gun outside the cabin. Oh, my gosh. He also said he'd kept the map and the compass given to him by the German commander that Christmas morning. Then he looks at Fritz and says, your mother saved my life. That's so sweet. In an interview years later, Fritz was asked, does humanity transcend war? And he replied, it depends. If you look at the diary of Anne Frank, she says man is naturally good. But situations bring out the good and the bad of people. Mm-hmm. And the interviewer also asked, what are your feelings of that night in 1944? And Fritz said, many years have gone since the bloodiest of all wars, but the memories of that night in the Ardens never left me. Mm-hmm. The inner strength of a single woman mm-hmm. who, by her wits and intuition, prevented potential bloodshed, taught me the practical meaning of the words, goodwill toward mankind. Oh, Yeah. My gosh. So just to back up a little bit more of the story, Kenneth Y. Tomlinson was the managing editor of the Reader's Digest, and he said that the White House had inquired about the story and was assured of its authenticity. He said the monthly magazine had gone to great effort to check the facts, and they found Mr. Venkin Fritz Uh in Honolulu. Uh And he also said Fritz had submitted the story in the mid-1960s at the urging of American friends. Okay. And one of the publication's senior researchers had tracked the mother down to West Germany, so we know that she existed and that she was in Germany, and that she gave substantially the same account without the son's knowledge and without the mother having read the son's version of the event. Oh, wow. Okay. So, in addition, the site was checked for physical features mentioned in the story, and local residents were questioned. We're convinced, without a doubt, that the story is true, said Mr. Thompson. It sounds too good to be true. It does. But, but it's wow. real. Yeah. What a happy story. I know. In the midst of all that chaos. Yeah. Wow. That mother commanding respect. I love it. Just through peaceful 
interaction. I just like none of that should have gone the way it went. No, but because she kept her wits about her, she was able to like yeah. keep everything. And again, like I said, it just yeah. shows you can have more control over a situation than you think. Right. People wow. will take their cue from you. Yeah. If you just are like, that is what it this is. is what we're doing. Here we are. Wow. I love it. Sweet story. Yeah. I originally wrote this episode a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) And here go tomorrow. The week that we were supposed to record it ended up being the week that Olive was born. Oh my gosh. I was like, well, happy birthday. I'm not going to tell this story any other time than Christmas. So I'm going to save it. And I've been hanging on to it for a (laughs) year. For a whole year. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's the best story. It makes me so happy. I know. Oh, my gosh, that's so sweet. There you go, guys. Yeah. Whether or not you celebrate this time of year, I do hope that you feel good about that story. It's just such a nice, heartwarming story. Merry Christmas. And happy Hanukkah and happy holidays and and Kwanzaa and everything. I don't know all I am really bad about that. But we'd be happy to learn. Yeah, tell us all about your traditions. I would love that so much. Yeah. If you want to tell us what your holiday traditions are, even if you do celebrate one that we've already mentioned. I'd love to hear your Yeah, traditions. tell us what you do. Maybe we'll make a post, too. Yeah. Yeah, fine. But if you celebrate something else altogether, I want to hear about that, too. Okay, we love you. <laughs> so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.